Hello everyone and welcome to the podcast Health and Wealth, where we put the well into wealth. My name's Dave Gregg and I'm your host for this podcast. On each show, I'll be interviewing different guests who'll be sharing their perspectives, anecdotes and experiences on what brings health and creativity to their lives. This will be to inform and empower you to adopt change. Now let's begin with our interview for today. Get ready for more information on how to be healthy, wealthy and the best you possible. Welcome everyone and this is the third episode of the podcast Health and Wealth. I began the podcast because I think it's really helpful to hear people, particularly friends who have done things that might get us thinking, wow, you've done that, have you? I could maybe do that as well. And specifically creative things. Uh, And one person that came to mind was my friend for probably the last nine years. Uh, John. Probably a bit more. Probably a bit more. You're probably yes, right there, John. I know. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think you're right there. And uh, the connection came from our love of dancing. Today, um, we're more than likely going to be talking a lot about dancing. So, John, can you tell? I'm going to go straight. I'm going to go straight into. Hopefully, yep. we'll talk about your other creative activities, and you have many, which I know of, and you can maybe tell us others that you've done before I've known you, but I'd love to, and hopefully you'll inform anyone who's listening to this that doesn't know about your dance. Can you tell us about your dance and what brought you to your particular dance that you quote, quote, love? Certainly. I think it it all started about 2002 when my partner noticed a advert in the PNG, and it was for a tango evening out in Huntley, where you go out, you have a one-hour tango lesson, then you watch a tango demonstration and a meal at the same time. And I thought that that was actually a really good idea, and I was I was game 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 for it. I'd already known about the music since the middle eighties when singer Grace Jones had done a cover version of Astor Piazzolla's Libertango, so I'd always known about that but never actually done any, if you describe it as formal dancing as such. It then took a good couple of years to find someone to do so and, and teach us more. And when classes became available in Aberdeen and started up and the original Tango Aberdeen, both myself and my partner, went along to begin the very early stage of learning. Tango is not a dance that you can learn quickly. It takes time. You've kind of got to be very patient with it. And since then, things have progressed where I now so teach for Tango Aberdeen, also so DJ at different Tango events. And it's this enjoyment of being around people, but it's the connection that Tango gives you. I think it's very important. Yeah, Absolutely. Have you danced any other dances apart from tango to compare them to, uh, just out of curiosity? You could, not really. I had done a tiny bit of 
contemporary, it was a contemporary workshop um, with those with disabilities. And it was over the weekend and we actually came out with a small piece. And that would be the only style, but I've not really done any um, either kazumba, salsa, rock. For me, it's, it's always been that, I suppose, that focus on tango. Although I had done a jive workshop just after lockdown ended. So, yeah, so there's these small little sort of feelers that sort of go out every so often with, with I suppose, different a- a- activities. I, I tend to get limited with time because I do have lots of other things I tend to get up to. I said my main focus is very much the 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 tango music for me and the dance. And if I'm comparing that to how what I did before, I was I was I, yeah, I suppose I come from a, a, yep. a modern jai background, and a lot of that particular type of music is lends itself to just mm. a gentle rhythm and a beat that is. I'm not being too derogatory towards it at all, but it's quite easy to dance to. Whereas I remember when I first started dancing tango, I was like, I think I laughed, just a nervous laugh at my first lesson because I thought, what is this music? <laughs> but I now see <laughs> actual benefits to it because it's so intricate and it has got a soul behind it. Yeah, so what? what I'm interested to know your your thoughts on what what the benefits to you that particularly Argentine tango, you know, gives you and has given you, uh, in a kind of holistic sense. I could I could rattle off a few things for sure, but what do you think it might give somebody who decides to dance tango then? Yeah, out with the actual kind of sense of tango community because no matter where you go in the world, there's always the possible to find somewhere to dance tango the for me the benefits are at its almost singular point it's the fact that you are connecting with someone tango is really danced in a very close embrace it's like being hugged and that for me defines tango out with other forms of dance that being hugged and that for me is hugely important and it's that sense of connection. It is also because there have been sort of the research done on when you hug someone and you hug someone for that it's almost twenty second. It just gives you these happy, this it's a happy feeling, the happy chemicals, um, which is of huge benefit. And let alone it's sort of learning something new is really good for anyone's mental health. It gets you thinking, it gets you moving. It's not strenuous exercise, but it is exercise by by walking, which is primarily what tango is. And for me, they are the, the, the absolute benefits, let alone when you start to think about the, the music, how the music came about and the, the history of tango. Um, I think they are the, the benefits for me because I do like learning things. I think that's definitely been something that follows through all the things I tend to do. It's it's about yeah, dis- discovering and tango because it's improvised is very much a journey of discovery. It takes a bit of time, but once you start to get the hang of it, it really it opens up a lots and lots of different things. Mm. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree with the the 
the, the connection part mm. in the sense that, yeah, you're right. I don't think there's ever a time in tango apart from, I can't remember what the particular word is when you spin somebody or they, you know, turn around. But yeah, there's not particularly many moments at all where you're maybe maybe a foot away from your partner. And you're, you're, you're right, I would agree there 100%. Mm. Um, human connection, just that warmth of dancing with somebody, it does just that that kind of intimacy, but just that friendly intimacy that comes with dancing with somebody is just, just great, you know, for myself, particularly with tango. Yeah, and I also think that the, there's possibly something that is historical. So I'm kind of suppose, uh, thinking about this, that see, a lot of other dances tend to be what I'd describe as say, party dances. They are very sort of happy. They're moving. They're about celebrating. Whereas tango, because it is born out of a, a whole load of communities and immigrants when they moved to South America, and they were kind of almost a lost group so by them getting together and they had a different connection and also where tango started in the sort of lower parts of Buenos Aires, there wasn't much space so that also helped and people were trying to communicate with each other and dance was the way that they communicated. Yeah, and I'm, I'm aware that mm. possibly the the male community and industrial parts of probably Buenos Aires and others outside there, just as you're saying, just to try to develop a connection. A lot of heterosexual males, but they were just wanting to develop a connection. Would that be correct? Just just to dance, you know, um, yeah. with each other as well. I think um, very much to, and I think there's also the importance that it is, it's kind of this melting pot of a whole lot of cultures but that there's a sense of equality within everyone. And I think that's the, the important thing. Tango is very much about equality. Yeah, yeah absolutely, yeah. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's again, and it's sort of within the essence, it's, it's good fun, which is what it's supposed to be. We can start to take it sometimes a bit too seriously, but it is it's good fun just to sometimes ask a complete stranger to dance and kind of see what happens. You, you just never know how the dance is going to go. And as I mentioned earlier, tango is an improvised dance. It, there's a mystery with it. You're not doing the same move every single time. It changes. Yeah. And as your own personal style changes throughout kind of the history of each individual's tango, um, it just gets laid up and laid up and laid up. So there's... There's, I suppose, an uncertainty about it, but that makes it really good fun. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I think I, I can only speak for myself. It kind of is good to get compliments when somebody is looking in. Like, oh, Dave's a good dancer <laughs> or whatever. You know, I think that's just human nature, you know, and it's, yeah. But, you know, you know I think there's a fine line as well, you know, and ultimately when I see somebody on a dance floor, particularly tango, smiling and having fun, it kind of goes against that stereotypical mm. mindset that's developed about tango. <laughs> yep. And I, I just, and I think that's something that I'm continually trying to move into is the, um, just having fun, having fun, 
Yeah, that's. I think that's probably the most attractive factor. Yep. I love to think that when, for the many times I've been to Buenos Aires, it's the fact that it is such a social, not only dance, there's, you go to what's called a milonga, which is a, a social setting to dance tango, and it's it's a lot about catching up with friends and talking and eating a meal, and then you do some dancing. It's not all about that to the dance itself. It's about all these other things that surround that to the tango. Absolutely. So yeah, you're right. There's so many ingredients that goes into tango. And if you are going away at a festival and you've been to plenty, plenty, and how many times you've been to Argentina? This will now be, if I've got it correct, this will be the 12th time. We went every single year up until COVID came out. And then we had that kind of two-year gap and we're back again in November. So something 12, 13 times, I start to lose count. So um, because we go to being in Buenos Aires, it's like a second home. It's such an easy place to be. And also to go and, and to get awesome lessons from our friends over there. And again, meet up, see new people, go out dancing at night, um, sit in the cafes, kind of take it easy. Yeah. So if anyone wants to know who's, who is listening about Argentine tango, I'll point you towards, John. Yeah, that's just a little summary about... Um, your your journey. Anything else you want to add in yep. before we talk about your other areas that you've? That I'm pretty sure everybody would like to hear about. I would anyway. Yeah, I, I'm trying to think of the same thing yet to add apart from something. The thing to do is to give it a go and try it, and then you suddenly might realise actually really, this is good. This is good fun. But by but not trying it, you suddenly realise you might. You just don't know sometimes what you're missing. You might think, oh, that's not for me. Um, same with anything. Just kind of give it a go. See what it's like. At least you can go, well, I've tried it. I liked it or I didn't like it. And then you do something else. I think that's one of the most important things is that actually having that motivation to take the leap and do something new. I like that. If I'm comparing it to the other dances that I've danced, tango is probably... And it's probably universally agreed that it's probably one of the most, one of the most, I'm not saying the most, but one of the most difficult dances to dance to, but probably one of the most rewarding yeah, because you are developing that communication, yeah. aren't you? All the subtleties of the movement, the slow movements, the awareness of where to pause, where to pick up the tempo, listening. And for me, what you've just mentioned, that that listening, that's that's a really important part of almost any dance is that listening so that there's this moving together um, and then moving together in a group. And they're the really important things. So, yeah, just be, being able to listen. Yeah. Well, if anybody's been listening to this, uh, hopefully we've sold Tango to you. <laughs> Hopefully, I've not, I've not been, I've only danced once, this is just a fact, over the last couple of years, and just because I've just, life's just taken a different direction, obviously due to uh, the, the pandemic, yeah. and I, I really am okay with it, but I've not closed the door on tango, that's for sure, and I want to revisit it, you know, sometime um, in the near future. 
yeah, for sure. But um, it's yeah. it's good it's good to good to know about that. Yeah, but um, I'd love to hear about the other things that you've done in your life. Never mind the time that I've known you. <laughs> Can yeah. you let us know? I know about paragliding. I know about other things. Start when you want to start, and inspire people. Yeah. <laughs> It's kind of, yeah, what things I've had done. Ooh, I suppose in the, my early, early years, I used to ski a lot. And I used to be a freestyle skier, taking part in some competitions. That gave me my first broken back injury. But I used to do that for quite a few years. And then when I moved from that, I started snowboarding very early 80s. I took part in what was what would have been the first British snowboard championship. So that was about 85, I guess. So I'd done some of that. Um, I'd done lots of other stuff outdoors. I was kind of a member of the air training course. So I was really into flying. That then moved me into sort of the, the world of, sort of hang gliding, paragliding, which I'd done sort of paragliding for about 30 years until I'd had basically one too many big accidents. So I had to curtail that i've also yep i've been a jeweler doing exhibitions around the world i've done used to be a sort of a juggler stilt walker fire eater knife thrower when um, i should say that i went to the the fringe for the first time on monday I haven't, been there, haven't been there for ages yeah it was it was fantastic i would recommend it to anybody but and i didn't even go and see any shows it was just a, a day trip on the train even the street performers, however, were worth the, the trip. Fantastic. It's that buzz. When you go to, see the, the Fringe, there's this kind of buzz that's about. And it kind of, it does go back to, say, the tango, where in the community there, there can be this buzz when you're at a really good social evening um, and then being around the group of, say, paraglider pilots, there is there's this kind of, sort of buzz that gets about that just gets you... I suppose excited to, to it's this giving it a go, yeah. I think of I suppose for me life I just meander. I don't make too many plans. I just sort of meander, and then things things happen. Like I met the first man in space, Yuri Gagarin, when I was about six years old. Things just kind of happen, and you go with it. I like that. Um, I was talking about somebody recently about that. Um, it's it's not easy. I don't think. To not get caught up on our heads and be oh, kind of self-consumed, yeah. and I think that's probably for me anyway. One of them, I'm aware of where mental health can kind of you know creep in. I think everybody's got yep. major health issues to varying oh, degrees yes. in the spectrum. But I think when you were saying that there, the discussion centered around being in flow. <laughs> You know, and being in the, I mean, it's called in the groove, in the zone, but if we can get into that flow place, which sounded like you were talking about there, about just letting things. Yeah. There's a lovely book called Flow and the Search of Happiness, which is where that idea of, and when people started using that word flow. Now, I know that the person's first name is Mikhail. His second name, I can never pronounce, unfortunately. But if you look, see, anyone look on the internet for Flow of the Search of Happiness, me, Kyle, Chevrolet, Onski, it's such a long name. Um, but it gives you, yeah, it's how do, and we have to work really hard at being happy when we're in 
a hard place and things aren't going well, it's how we kind of start to move from that. But that's why by, by doing things is really good. But we have to work hard at it. Yeah, I mean, I think you're right. It, it does. It's like, I'm going to say mining. That's a bit of a, not the best metaphor, but we'll have to, yeah, you're right. I think we'll have to go, I have to go searching to find out activities that create a good yep. energy and vibe. But when, yep. when you do make that effort to connect with those things, that's where we kind of get in alignment with our best selves. And that's where things are more flowing. <laughs> you know? Yep. And easier because we've got that inner, yeah, kind of inner. And I, I, I think what's also what's also important is that, and again, from all the various activities, the latest one that I've started is well, returning to tin whistle playing. I've got a whole load of percussion, but especially the kayaking, that teaches you basically not to give up. And so it's when things don't go quite as planned, just like in life, that we. We try and avoid kicking ourselves too much and being too negative and too hard on ourselves um, that we need to work out how do we move on, what it is that we need to do to change and then put it into practice. I like that. You were talking about the where we might end up beating ourselves up, you know, which is probably detrimental, but it's quite easy, I think, for myself to do that there. What I got from what you were saying was... Self-compassion. I don't know why that came to mind, but I do like the idea of exploring that within myself. Uh, what's, what's your thoughts on that there? Can you, have you got any ideas? Because I think that was a field that you used to work in anyway, wasn't it? Mental health, um, personal-wise, self-compassion. Over to you. Yeah, very much. Yeah, I used to work um, within CALMS, the Chubb adolescent mental health as an art psychotherapist. But then from a personal it is, we can get so, and we do get so caught up when things don't go well and our brain can sit to an automatic but a negative place. It's how to move on from it. And that is so hard because our thinking closes down and what we need are sometimes other people to say, actually, look, look at it in this way. It's, it's, it's a bit like problem solving. I think back to my jewellery days. Jewellery is a lot about sometimes problem solving, mm -hmm. just like therapy. Yeah. And that when we think about it and going, right, if I'm going to do something different, what could it be? Because if we keep doing the same thing and we keep getting the same outcome, we're not learning anything at the end of the day. What we need to do is to stop and take a pause and then calm down but the negative feelings that we have we have to try and get those under control and well, as human beings we're, we're not all perfect we also find it hard we all lose the plot sometimes that's just the way it is but it's how we can then suddenly go right it, it's happened that is now historical what can we do with it how can we make it positive i like that yeah yeah for me personally um, self-compassion has been a a journey I used yep. to probably, and it probably is, yeah, for a lot of people uh, I used to probably revert I wouldn't say my default but it became easily to kind of listen to that internal voice and think it was helpful, oh you did that wrong blah 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 you know and, and chastise myself now I'm at a place where 
yeah, you're right. I'm just a human, and that is that that's going to come in probably till maybe the day that I pop my clogs, so to speak. Yep. Uh, but but I think the trick it's maybe not the best word, but the but the the best thing I can do, I think, for my mental health is to firstly be aware of it. You be a kind of a witness to it, an objective witness to it, and then make a choice to either hook into it or detach from it and be a bit more compassionate, you know, to myself and 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 not not soothe myself by doing things that are detrimental. Like like for example, um overeating that could be another or whatever <laughs> drinking or drinking or whatever yeah. everything that is avoiding the actual feeling and and I suppose just just uh, realizing I'm a human being and just being compassionate to myself you know very much so it's just when we have these feelings of sort of guilt and shame they are very difficult and it's how we can actually not get drawn too much and something else um it's 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 when we're in these places that are hard to move from i kind of mm -hmm. like this it's, it's when you've got a bad cold and you do not feel like eating and you just do not you just feel so ill but when our sort of our mental health is going a, a bit skew the last thing we want to do is to go out and meet people and to do things but actually that's sometimes the best thing to do is get out yep. go for a walk yeah actually have a big good stretch in the morning that is really good but it's like take that first step get get moving doing something and then from that mm -hmm. one might mm -hmm. suddenly think actually that's not for me i want to do it this way i want to i say go at the door and if you always turn right next day turn left mm -hmm. see what happens Go out like, find some random person to talk to. Just see what happens. See what conversation goes. Yeah. It might be good. It might be bad. But just, yeah, take, take the leap. There's a lovely book called Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway. It's, it's about taking these wee leaps. Just suddenly going, yeah. and it yeah. is uncomfortable. It's not good. But actually by something just getting in there and thinking, let's just try it. What's And if you see, what's the worst thing can happen? Well, actually... Probably the worst thing has already happened, but without giving it a go, we kind of stay static. And it's actually, it gets to be good fun. The idea of uh, connecting people was just so massive for me today. Simply because left to myself, and I, I'm not the only one I've spoken to lots of people in you know, a similar situation, you know, our heads can create so many scenarios and yep. realised more and more... <laughs> as time goes on in my young years just now, <laughs> that I think we all just want to be accepted. I do as just being the real Dave. And as you were saying, when we think, oh, what if I go out and I'm not looking perfect or I'm not sounding perfect? Actually, when we go out and be our authentic selves and practice that, it's always okay. It's always okay. It I think that's what I need to and I'm guessing maybe others, but I can only speak for me. When I practice that, I realise that I am accepted for being the f the flawed, imperfect, real Dave. And if we kind of return back to the world of tango, there are mm -hmm. so many different styles that 
tango can be danced. And actually, tango is not there to be perfect. It's there to be accepted in. This is how I dance my tango. It is. Everyone has their own way of doing it. And actually, that's good. That's how it should be. I like that. Yeah, we've all got our own kind of signature tune, maybe. I don't know if that's the best metaphor. Yeah, yeah, we'll Signature tunes are good. (laughs) And it's... Allowing ourselves to express that, you know, think rather than, oh, I better sing the same tune as everybody else. No, you don't need to. I'm just speaking my own language here. We don't need to perform. We don't need to be a part of the herd. You know, we can't allow our own metaphorical kind of light to shine, you know. But that takes practice and a bit of courage, as you said, from that great book. Yep. So I'm going to ask you a random question here. Okay. Uh, are, you, are, you, are you up for doing any random questions just now? Yep. Okay. If you could go back... I got this off the internet, obviously. If you could go back and give your 18-year-old self one piece of advice, what would it be? Ooh. Do things as early as you can. Don't leave things too late. Because we tend to put things off sometimes. And then, because, then, yeah, because otherwise we live a life, we go, oh, should have, I could have. It's a case of no. If it feels right, actually, it probably is right. And go with that gut instinct. Great. Yeah. So, can I, I, I like that. So, what do you think would be the reasons why somebody wouldn't do that then? It's good to explore contrast. Yeah, I suppose it's a case of well, yeah, we get we get scared of either what we think, what other people think, and yeah, doing new things is sometimes quite scary because there's an unknown. But we have to again, like in Tango, take that first step. I was then thinking about my recent ventures into kayaking in that sometimes when it all doesn't go right and you come out your boat and you're bouncing down the rapids, you've got to suddenly go, right, I've got to get back in that boat and let, let's do it again. And let's see where it takes us. Just that sort of horse riding, get back in that horse and 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 and, and do it. And yes, that kind of not giving up. Persistence, tenacity. Yep. Discipline as well is a big one for me, as you're saying, you know, that just that there's a great book you quoted that feel the fear. I'd recommend this book to anyone. The Practicing Mind, it's called. Mm. It's by an author called Thomas M. Sterner. Anybody wants to check that out, the whole principle behind it is discipline, really. And when we discipline ourselves and are persistent with a particular activity, we're going to get better at it. I also think because sometimes when we read these books or we think of what it is we need to do, we, we kind of think about where it is that we want to be. What we need to do is to have that as a thought, but also start with each step. We break it down so we have, I need to do this bit. Because when we look at the big picture, it is too overwhelming. And that's when we stop doing things. We need to have a, this is where I would like to maybe be, but this is what I need to do to get there and enjoy that, all those many moments that gets you there. And if life takes you down a different route, you go down and you take that different route. 
Yeah, you're right. Being flexible enough, isn't it, to, to change? Yep. Because, yeah, if not, we're just getting the control mode and it becomes all very safe and predictable. And if but the contrast is allowing ourselves to practice yeah, yeah, freedom and flexibility and yeah, opening yeah. into new things. Mm-hmm. And again, again, just thinking back to sort of the, the world of dance, it's a case of we mm-hmm. learn things. And we do get into patterns, and patterns are good fun. It's also good fun to suddenly go, right, instead of doing it this way, let's just put my foot somewhere completely different and see what happens. And it can sometimes end up in a complete mess. But that's okay. It is perfectly okay. That's how in the world of creativity, in the world of, say, art, whether it is visual, whether it is music, that's how new things happen by someone suddenly going, right, we've all done it this way. What if we do it that way? And everyone goes, oh, you can't do it that way. Oh, no, that's not the way it should be. But actually, new things come out. And that, for me, is very important. Love that. Love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of don't, don't take no for an answer. Just give it a go. Mm-hmm. Get it. I'm going to go back. I'm going to revisit music. Yeah. Why? Because I'm an unashamed music geek. <laughs> I'm an unashamed music uh, lover, anorak, yeah. uh, much, much anorak, geek um, nerd, music nerd. And I'm guessing yeah. you are similarly as well. But I'd, I'd love to know, I know you, and I'm, you're, a, you're a tango DJ, and you've DJed yeah. all around Scotland, I'm pretty sure UK and other other venues as well. But I'd love to know what other music you like apart from tango. Ooh, apart from tango, yes, right. It goes from very much, I suppose. I really got into music from the seventies. Really, the times, I suppose, seventy-seven, seventy-six, seventy-seven, when punk explosions had started happening, and the Sex Pistols, the Clash, Clash, an amazing band, and all that. But I'll go from that. Through to I love Elvis Costello and his country music that he did that was so nice. Um, I love jazz, um, experimental jazz. People like um, Carl Stockhausen and his helicopter music. Um, a lot of yeah, Coltrane, a lot of bluesy stuff. Um, John Lee Hooker, big fan of John Lee Hooker. Um, yeah. yeah, is really just really good um stuff that's got a, a good kind of i suppose it's that good feel about it yeah. um of all types but there's lots of new music that's coming out now you said well that don't know who it is but that's that's yeah that's that's nice i mean george edra his voice is such a sweet voice it just makes you listen you go ah yeah yeah that's 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 catchy and yeah i mean full box for ed ed sheeran of say his work of piecing everything together and how we then create his stage on his own. But yeah, no music is good to listen to. And even if we think we can't sing, just sing, sing in the shower, go for a walk, sing outside. It's a case of that's important because it's a heartbeat. I'm doing a lot of percussion nowadays with various types of drums. And it's, it's kind of it's sing and music, it's about a heartbeat, but it gives you this emotional feeling, emotional release, which is massively important. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm game for pretty much most 
most music, some yeah, Carmen, sort of operas. Um, I'm open to sort of any 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 bit of good good music. I'll sort of stick on and and, and see where it goes. Favorite Scottish band? Ooh, right. Suppose all blind dogs. I was just thinking, um, yeah. Yeah, that would be sort of yeah. All my dogs would be the one to just come straight to mind. But there <laughs> yeah, are loads yeah. of. I mean, APB they were a band from Ellen. Did a oh huge, yeah, Aberdeen band. Yeah, I remember. They yeah. were yeah, just huge, huge, huge. They they were good. Um, Ed, Edwin Collins, amazing. Oh, yeah, absolutely amazing. So I mean, Scotland has so many good. I mean, Simple Mind. Uh, you could start really the mold through off, and they're all equally as good as each. Each, each other average white band saw mm. them last year still mm-hmm. good still yeah. good yeah yeah there's probably two bands that come to mind for me um scottish wise i remember seeing the water boys oh, uh, yeah. 1986 oh and since then been a big fan but particularly of two albums fisherman's blues and this is the yeah. sea fantastic albums oh yeah and the Blue Nile, mm. just yep. I, I, I just oh, I've endorsed them, supported them, recommended them to anybody who wants to listen. So soothing, yeah, they're maybe melancholy, but melancholy's got its place, you know. Um, fantastic, fantastic music, yeah, yeah. I was just thinking then when you talk about the Blue Nile, there's a, a band, and I think he's actually living up in. Donaghway now, um, but he's from I think it was the Newcastle area. Martin Stevenson and the Dainties. Yeah, uh huh. I've got a friend Lo- who's worked collaborated with them. Um, yeah, Probably. yeah, just lo- lovely, very gentle music, but very thoughtful. Um, and then I suppose non Scottish. I do, I do like a good um, so Tom Waits or Nick Cave, some of that, etc. Um, can be really good to put on every so often. Um, I played them at my alternative Malongas, which you remember. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're always good. Now, just going back to what you were saying about that, I like the idea of a little bit of wordplay here. Emotions are energy in motion. And I think anybody who does something that releases that energy, that's I think that's working towards pretty good health. Yep, yep, it is. Yeah. Yep, it's kind of... I was kind of think about to be as kind as you can to yourself and be as kind as you can to others. We're not made to be perfect. That's yeah. the way it goes. And just accept that. We'll see where see where it goes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I I think we've come to the end of a really enjoyable discussion. Yeah, it's been good. <laughs> this afternoon. Pedology, <laughs> music, dancing mental health and uh, yeah and i was just swimming earlier on with one of our tango friends and absolutely love it but that's one thing i would recommend to anybody oh yeah yeah while while swimming get out into the country say get out into fresh air I mean, i'm literally gonna go do a wee bit of kayaking just so get out be with people try something new but yeah being outside is good and this weather lots of vitamin d that's a good fact of vitamin Okay, John, thank you very much. And we will we'll see you around hopefully soon. Yep, yep, yep. Catch up soon. You take care. Will do, will do. Cheers. Bye.
Thank you for listening to another episode of the Health and Wealth Podcast. The place where your mind and soul is nourished with all varieties of information on being creative, healthy and wealthy on the inside. See you at the next episode and remember, keep healthy and wealthy and connected to the best you possible.